0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster podcast. Today, we've got Mary and Adam joining us on the team. Uh, We're going to go over some smug posts, some changes in Service Monster Mobile and Service Monster 6. I want to talk about margins. How do you calculate them? What are the technical definitions from an accounting point of view? Why it's important and how you look out for them and how that really drives your business. But before we do all of that, Adam, what are we talking about today?
1: Yeah, so we're gonna kind of have a a little bit of a kind of a special thing here. We didn't have Mary at the last podcast. Welcome back, Mary. Um, and we were talking about marketing campaigns, and you know, we mentioned spring campaigns and just kind of one-off holiday blasts, and kind of how you can go about that to generate some enthusiasm, right? Um, but we figured we might wanna take just a couple minutes here at the, at the start and show you guys how you can do some of that within Service Sponsor itself. Maybe set up an email campaign, maybe set up a call list if you wanna go that route. Um, maybe you wanna set something up through Fill My Schedule or another kind of mail campaign. So we just kinda of wanted to have Mary walk through the this, this steps of actually setting up the campaign itself. How you guys end up running that, you know, what options are those you guys take, You know, that's totally up to you. But we thought maybe we would take some time here and help show that. So, Mary, why don't you kind of uh, take over here and uh, show us what's what?
2: Awesome. Yeah. So uh, to create a marketing campaign, we'll first hop into marketing on the left-hand side menu here. And then we can select campaigns. This is where you can see your campaign list. And searching. Uh, to create a new campaign, all you have to do is click on the plus campaign button right here, and that opens up our campaign wizard builder. So your first step here is going to be choosing what type of campaign you want to run. You can select emails to send emails through the system to your clients letters, which allows you to generate letters and or labels to send mail to your clients calls, which allows you to create call activities within the system that you can use to keep track of your calls, basically creating a call list. And then finally, you have the option to create an export list, which is just generating a Excel spreadsheet or spreadsheet of your client's information that you can use for any marketing outside of Service Monster. Something to note, no matter what type of campaign that you choose, you're always going to have the option to create a export list. So if you decide, say, hey, I want to make an email campaign, but I'm going to be using MailChimp or another outside service, you can still select emails here, and then when you go to run the campaign, choose to create an export list instead of sending those emails through Service Monster. Uh, so, for our example here, we're gonna be creating a spring cleaning email campaign. So, we'll select emails here. And then our next step is actually building our audience. So hey, who can actually receive this email? You have a couple different options here. The two simplest ones to work with are our basic and standard option. Advanced is completely from scratch. You have to build in all the filters yourself. Don't necessarily recommend that starting off. And our basic and standard options, they're great to work with. Basically let the system do work for you. So our basic options just gives you a list that you can choose from. These are some typical ones such as active customers, all of your prospect accounts, and we also have a number of ones that look at the last time you did work with a client. So uh, anyone that you worked with six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago and on. Our standard option lets you get a bit more specific right from the get go. So here you have a number of different filters you can use for accounts. Uh, So for our campaign here, we're going to be reaching out to our residential accounts. So I will add in excluding my commercial accounts and we've already excluded any inactive accounts as well as excluded any accounts that are set as do not mail, email or call depending on the type of campaign you're running. So it's do not email in this case. Next, we can add in our invoice filters. So here you can choose to either filter by any accounts that have never had an invoice made off on them or by when their last invoice was. So for our spring cleaning campaign, we'll go ahead and reach out to anyone we worked with between, let's say, six months and 36 months ago. So six months to three years ago. And then lastly here, we also have the option to add an appointment filter. So here we can either filter by accounts that have never had a scheduled appointment for them or by when that last scheduled appointment was. So then when I click next, I'll see a preview here of the accounts that are included in. And then here I can adjust my campaign details so I can change its name. It'll just set you up with kind of a generic one based around what type of campaign and when you're running it is. So I'll say this is my spring cleaning 2021 email. And then when I click next again, I can choose to just save that campaign or to save and run it. And I'm just going to click save just so I can show you what our campaign page looks like right here. Um, So something to note as well is we can open up our filters page here and you're always welcome to add in more filters. So if you want to be reaching a more specific audience, if you say have a much larger uh, number of accounts on your campaign than here and you want to, you know, kind of pin down a specific group, you can always add in more filters. So you can utilize things like account tags, um, your profile filters, which are your custom fields, or say, if you have service groups, you can reach out to a specific group um, based off of, you know, the last time you did work with them. So the last time you did a carpet cleaning for them, a window washing, pressure washing, etc. So once I have, you know, got all my filters and created my audience, I can go go forward with running my campaign now for our email campaign we will need to have a marketing template prepared for that that's going to be our email that sends out uh, say so for if, if you wanted to run a mail campaign or a letter campaign you'd want to create a marketing template for that letter as well to access your templates you can hop into the marketing page here and go into templates and that will open up your marketing templates. Now, you should have some already pre made by a Service Monster in the system that you're welcome to take advantage of. For example, we have this fantastic spring cleaning carpet one created by Adam um, that you're very welcome to use. So I recommend you know checking these out. They're a great base to use. You can always create a copy of them. So say if you find a template you really like and you wanna use it for multiple campaigns, what you can do is open it up, click on that copy button and we'll rename it and add in say, 21 there and click save so you still have that original copy in the system that you can use but you have a brand new version that you can go in and make edits to add in you know a team photo pet photos anything that lets people know who they're working with and once we do have that template all set up we can hop into our campaign click run campaign and choose between if you want to create an export file or send an email here you can add in your subject line so spring cleaning 2021, we'll choose the document or the marketing template that we're using. And here you also have the option to send a test email to yourself. Always recommend that. Check out what the email looks like before you send it out to your clients. Your target count is the number of accounts you're reaching out to. And then the cost is if you have any associated costs with running this campaign. Our system can actually track your return on investment so you can record your cost here. And then as this uh, campaign is used as a lead source on your orders, it'll track the revenue from those and then calculate your return on investment for you as well. To run the campaign, all you have to do is click Run Campaign and yes, and it'll send those emails out for you.
1: And hopefully, I'm sure Mary set up those test accounts to not spam. Not actually,
2: me. Yeah. <laughs> be real email addresses.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, really the, the two really big things kind of stand out to me there. Um, one is those pre-made templates that we have guys, what she mentioned there, Always make copies of of the default. Then you can play with, like, do whatever you want. And you can screw them up as much as humanly possible. And you will screw them up. Right. (laughs) And then you be like, you know what? Let's, okay, I I feel like I've learned some things. Let's go back to scratch. And you still have that original um, template in there, right? So you you always kind of want to have that as a base. It's a really, really kind of nice recommendation. And the other thing is, we kind of gave some um, ideas there that'll happen oftentimes when you guys do these one-off blasts. There are typically going to be, you know, customers you're going to want to exclude. For example, if you just did work for them, you probably don't need to hit them up again unless it's maybe for a specific service, right? And so that's where you can kind of use those service tags. So like maybe they haven't had, you know, the roof wash or their, or their gutters cleaned in a certain amount of time, and you know, with spring cleaning. Like yeah, we always associate that you know with you know we want to get everything cleaned up because people are going to be visiting and things like that. But really, you know, especially if you live in an area that has harsh kind of differentiated seasons, the spring cleaning is when that exterior cleaning is really going to be kind of ramping up, right? Because you know, they just got out of winter and fall, and now it's time to get those gutters cleaned out and things like that. So you can target specific services, right? Especially if you're someone who maybe does multiple services. You're not just pressure washing or just window cleaning. Maybe you have everything, right? So, um, just kind of a couple of quick things there,
0: Um, you know, real simple too. Like if they're on the schedule for next week, yeah, right. You don't want to necessarily send them a prospecting campaign. Uh, that doesn't look great. And, uh, I'm, I'm always struck Mary by how well you showcase service monster and how fluid that is live. (laughs) Um, but, you know, how easy we make it too with with those wizards and, you know, it's it doesn't take a whole lot to set up a really great blast or a recurring drip system. Um, and so if you're not utilizing that in either your own CRM or Service Monster, I would encourage you to do it. And of course, it's if it's not as easy in your own CRM, go ahead and take a look at Service Monster and play with that for your 14 day free trial. But um, yeah, that that was awesome. Thank you, Mary. Awesome, of course.
1: And also just the one last thing that we touched on last week that kind of brings us in is remember that the, the great thing about email is that it's free. And, you know, The only thing you're spending on that is the time that you took to, to spend to set that up or if you have a secondary software that, that you're paying for for that, right? But outside of that, it's essentially a free campaign. But remember, email, you know, the open rates are abysmal compared to other things. You're not going to get the, the kind of um, actual conversions on it as other things. but it's a supplementary thing, right? And you, you're probably going to want to add something else on top of that, but uh, yeah. Hope that that was useful for you guys. So, with that said, let's get into uh, our meat and potatoes, as they say, um, of the of the podcast here. Um, the main topic that we're going to be talking about are profit margins, and there's a few different um, kind, you know, we're generally gonna be talking about operating profit margins here. Um, but I think we can really just start with the basics. A lot of you guys are aware of this on some level, right? Because profit margin is how profitable is your business, right, I mean, that's you know it's what it is. Um, but let's just kind of talk about you know, what it is, why it's important, and how it's calculated. Let's get that out of the way, Joe.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> terminology first. Um, your profit margin is the amount of profit you made over everything that you've spent in your business for like a given period of time. Typically, uh you do it in a quarter or a year. Now, depending on how you're set up for growth, you might not have any profit. That's perfectly legitimate. And that's not... um indication that your business is poor, I would say paying yourself, especially as a single owner operator, if you have a goal of growth and getting off the freaking truck, you shouldn't be making any profit. Your profit margin should be zero because you'd be reinvesting that capital back into your business and thereby considering it not profitable. Some people play this game as well to avoid the taxation for Uncle Sam. You know, If you take that money, if you leave it out and you show a profit, you, that's income, uh, especially if you're an LLC or other pass-through taxation entity, you're going to be paying taxes on that, as I understand all too well. Um, and so a lot of times you'll be reinvesting that into people, into growth capital, into marketing expenses. And so your general profit margin isn't the number we really care about. You care about it from a horsepower point of view, but you know paying yourself a static salary with a goal of growth and getting off the truck, having a zero percent profit is good. That's a good thing. What's not good though is gross margin being low. And this is different. Your profit margin is an indication of your profit at the end of the day It's your balance sheet when everything's accounted for and said and done. Your uh, gross margin, however, is calculated around cost of goods sold. And you'll often hear this as COGS. Cost of goods sold takes into account everything that it takes to deliver the product or service to your client and the profit margin that you make off of doing that. So in this case, let's say a, a cleaning example, you're going to look at your depreciation of your equipment. You're going to look at the costs of your, de- um, your consumables. In this case, it's going to be any chemicals or, um, gear that you leave behind, right? Like food, uh, foot booties or, um, you know, things that you leave under the furniture, like that stuff stays there. Um, maybe your bottle of spotter that you're leaving behind. Also, your labor costs and your depreciation on your equipment, um, maybe even what it took to get there, right? Your gas and your depreciation on your vehicle. So all of that being calculated is is what it costs you to deliver those goods, costs of goods sold. And then, then you take your actual charge, the invoice amount that you get paid for. And with that, you can do very simple division problem coming up with a percentage. And in a cleaning business, you should be targeting somewhere around 35%. You want your margins of, uh, you know, your gross margins to be in that 35% neighborhood. Again, your profit margins at the end of the day, if you're 35% on your cost of goods sold, your total profit margin is probably going to be less. If you're a single owner operator, it might not be much less, but, you know, what you're not taking into account for your cost of goods sold is like your administration, your fees, your office, it, um, any uh, bookkeeping expenses, software, you know, things that run your business on a day-to-day basis don't go in the bucket of costs of goods sold. And so your quote-unquote profit margin will be less, or your, your, um, your actual profit will be less than your gross margin on your cost of goods sold. So again, reinvesting that then to make your profit zero doesn't affect your cost of goods sold or your margin on your cost of goods sold. So two different concepts that I want you to be very, very careful with. You need to be making 30, 35% on your cost of goods sold. And as far as your actual profit out of the business, that's up to you, depending on your business goals. You know, if you're a single owner operator and you have no intention of growth, then you should be doing higher margins so that you could be socking money away in case something happens. You get sick, you bust a hip, you know, getting old, you're never getting younger. Um, Maybe a a piece of equipment, your truck goes down. You need to be able to weather those storms. So having cash in the bank is a good idea anyway. Um, And we always suggest having three to six months worth of expenses in the bank so that you can manage when things get rough. So Service Monster, of course, allows you to calculate your cost of goods sold and your gross margins. Your profit margins will be in your accounting software like uh, QuickBooks. Um, your accountant can help you with that. But knowing those profit margins within your business will help get you off the truck, will help make sure you're growing a healthy, sustainable business. I mean, if you're making 12% or 10%, um, Margins, then, then something's wrong. You've got to change something because you will not be able to sustain that. You certainly, with a cleaning business, averaging an invoice of maybe two hundred and fifty dollars a job, you're not going to grow. You just, you're not going to have that capability of growth. Um, and so, you know, you've got to know these numbers like the back of your hand. And if you don't, then you got to go figure them out. Again, plugging them in a the service monster, doing a spreadsheet, whatever you need to do. Now, you don't have to necessarily do every single job, right? You can lump them all together and kind of figure out what your gross cost of goods sold are and what your gross margin on that is. Um, but knowing that is is like one of the key. I would, you know, how much I talk about repeat rate and how much you should know that and how much attention you should pay to that and how much it's the only way to grow a service business. Um, but. Honestly, your cost of goods sold is a more important number that you understand that because it doesn't matter what your repeat rate is. If you're only making five, let's say negative 5% a job, you're losing money on every job because you're not taking everything into account. And a lot of people find this transition tough. When they go from a single owner operator to having staff, they don't necessarily... Take in their own salary into account when they're calculating everything. I see this on bulletin boards of Facebook groups all the time when people are talking about this. They don't, they don't take their own salary into account, which is just dumb. Because when you hire somebody to put on the truck, now all of a sudden you have this additional cost. It's not an additional cost, it's just a cost you didn't recognize before. Um, so having a handle on all this is gonna be the key to growth and running a healthy, successful, and sustainable business.
1: Yeah. I think um, the point you made about QuickBooks or an accountant or things like that, um, the net profit margin, kind of what you're talking about, like, that that can absolutely be zero. I mean, there's some very famous, um, very successful companies that do that on an annual basis, right? Yeah,
0: negative. They run yeah. negative because they're just shoveling Millions of dollars of investment into the company because they're growing the company. Because ten percent off of a million dollars is nice. Ten percent off ten million dollars is a whole lot nicer.
1: Yep. Um, I think too. Before we move forward with uh, kind of some ways you can improve on this, uh, is really just kind of point out that you can find this info in Service Monster, at least at the the, the basic level. Um, and this is something that we added with 6.5 Joe, um, that, you know, you can, if you have the, the enterprise level of service sponsor, you can currently track your inventory usage. Um, and, and when we say inventory, we're not, we're not talking a uh, complete kind of inventory loadout. That's going to track, you know, your actual, um, products that you're selling directly. It's, it's more of the usage, right? It's kind of like a different way of kind of coming at that. And so if you're, you know, doing carpet cleaning for example it's going to track if as long as you set it up correctly it's going to track on each order how much of that chemical likely got used and so it'll track the the cost used on that and so as you go over time it'll start you know tracking that we also added um a basic way of just kind of showing the the general payment um or labor costs right so you can you can show the wage and it will also take into account any commissions from those those uh those work orders, right? And so there's still one other thing that's coming um, with with equipment tracking, um, kind of doing some more work on that front. But we wanted to get this out to you guys even before that, because it's not necessarily about finding down to the exact penny what this is. Um, The point that Joe was making was that really you just... You need to be acutely aware of this because a lot of you guys, you know, we talk about, you know, are you at the right price point? Are you, you, is your volume high enough and things of that nature? If you're not looking at this, you might not necessarily know because your situation is going to be different from the other business owners in your area, right? Not, no, no two situations are exactly the same. And so it's really just about that thing that we are constantly, I guess, harping about is just be aware of your data, you know, and just kind of getting to know that getting to love that. And. Your expertise is going to grow on that front the more and more and more that you use that. So,
0: and reverse engineering that makes it super easy, right? Saying, okay, I typically spend X number of dollars on a job for juice and gear, X number of dollars on labor costs, X number of dollars on depreciation, and you can get you know an average. It's it's not like Adam said it's not important to get it down to the individual penny, but you know to the nearest dollars pretty easy to do, and that's, you know, 0.5%, so I'd be okay with that. And then, once you understand what your actual costs of a job are, then adding 35% on top of that should be your minimum price. That should be the price that you charge for the work that you do, Um, because, you know, even on top of that, you've got insurance and liability, and, you know, you've got all kinds of stuff that you're gonna have to take care of that isn't part of COGS. That you're going to need to make sure that you're covering so that'd be an excellent way to making sure that your price um is the right in the right neighborhood i'm not necessarily going backwards and saying okay this is how much i charge this is how much it cost me and then here's my margin and then living with that knowing that you know whether or not you're in that 30 35 range so um You know, it's just super duper important and I I can't stress it enough. And and I know a lot of people aren't accountants, you know, in their business and they don't like the numbers. But if you don't know, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're certainly not going to have the horsepower later on uh, as you grow. And I've heard single owner operator nightmare stories all the time. They start to get people, you get two or three people and then they're severely less profitable than they were when they were a single owner operator. Um, you know, I call that hell's Valley, right? Not just from a management point of view, but from an expense point of view. So if you're not acutely aware of this, then get in the know.
1: Yeah. So from there, let's kind of jump into, you know, maybe some things you can do to to improve your margins. You know, like we are, we already mentioned a couple of them, but, um, a little bit of this will bleed over into just operational costs overall, but we're, we'll try to focus on, on the COGS aspect for this particular, um, podcast, but, um, you know, there are multiple ways to, to approach this, right? You don't necessarily have to go all of them at once. Um, but for example, the obvious one is, you know, increasing your average invoice, right? So you can raise prices. Um, you can focus on upselling, um, or cross selling if you have multiple kind of, uh, service types that you're working with. Um, you know, focus on, uh, really the upsell, I think is the big thing there. Like, again we talked about i think a couple podcasts back you can actually do harm here if you're not approaching that correctly right if you become the used car salesman versus the expert um you know mechanic who's explaining like hey you know you know i recommend you do these in the next you know whatever because it's gonna you know do x y and z for the longevity of your car you know the same thing applies here when you guys are out at the at the at the home right like things you can do like you. Really, you need to be believing in, in the product, right? If if putting protectant on means they don't have to get the work done for you know x amount of time, or it's going to protect the carpet for that much longer, you know that is a that it is a good selling point to the in consumer, right? So it's going to save them money over the length of their time at the home. So you kind of want to focus on that that side. And again, raising prices, I think we can probably take a moment here, Joe, just to you know this comes up all the time. Just the fear of it, especially in you know heavy um, saturated markets. So kind of, let's, I guess let's kind of chat on that a little bit.
0: I mean, <clears throat> raising your price twenty dollars shouldn't be a significant difference to any of your clients. If it is, you're shopping the wrong clients, right? You don't want people who are constantly looking for the bottom basement price and would be upset on a two hundred and fifty dollar invoice. Paying $270 the next time around when you show up two years later. And that $20 increase is a 10% increase in your margin. Um, so, you know, that, that can be a significant amount. Now, there is some debate on cost of goods sold, and we don't calculate it in Service Monster with the marketing expense thrown in because it's traditionally not done. But I would encourage you to whiteboard this out considering that your marketing expenses are an upfront cost to the first time you get that client. And so you're, if you're including your marketing expenses in the first job that you do for any client into your cost of goods sold, the second job you do for them is going to be significantly more profitable because you've spent a minor amount staying in front of them with a good client retention strategy like fill my schedule or a direct mail campaign. Um, coupled with an email campaign can be highly effective. That cost is far less than what you should be spending on marketing. And I'll take a minute here. I saw a Facebook post, you know, people wearing low marketing expenses as a badge of honor. This is silly. You know, what's broken because in the same breath, they'll be like, I don't spend any money on marketing like they're proud of it but yet they're still struggling as a single owner operator are still struggling trying to get out of hell's valley you know what's wrong go fix it if you are spending 8 to 12% on your marketing of your gross revenue per year that's maintenance that's maintenance that includes both your prospect marketing and your um client retention programs you want to grow you're going to that's going to need to be 15 to 20% And if you want to aggressively grow, then you should be spending 20, 25, 30% of your gross revenue on marketing. Now, not all marketing is created equal, of course. You can't just throw money into the fire. So you should be paying attention to what makes you money. And like Mary had pointed out earlier, ServiceMonster allows you to track your ROI and your marketing campaigns. Also be aware, though, that there's this thing called Loft. People need to see your brand like eight times before they get it. So even though they tell you the one thing that prompted them to call that day, they saw you in other places too, right? Um, And so knowing that just because there's no ROI in a specific campaign doesn't mean it's not being effective to your business. But challenge yourself on that. A service monster just went through this. With COVID, we reduced our marketing budget and got really laser focused on what we wanted to deliver to prospects. Um, and 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 we significantly reduced our cost per new client. Um, it didn't really affect the volume. Now we had some preconceived notions and and we challenged that by playing with the budget a little bit and found out that we were wrong. So again, this introspection and critical thinking that I always talk about, it's important to challenge yourself once in a while to see if you really know what you think you know, because sometimes the answer will be no. And, uh, and, and we certainly found that out as well. So playing with them on a regular basis. Now, I, I know lots of carpet cleaners, lots of window cleaners and pressure washers will get in a panic. They'll spend more money on a, on a, in a month and then they'll stop because it's not working. You know, a month isn't long enough in the marketing world to determine whether something's working or not. Give it at least a quarter. I usually suggest six months before you understand how it's going to affect your numbers overall. But just rolling that back, right? Cost of goods sold, including your marketing expenses and for your first job you do for a client, subsequent jobs you do for the client, significantly more profitable. It's another good way to really dial that in, which means that you repeat business Again is going to be more profitable, so to Adam's point of how do you improve it yes, raise prices, yes, upsell and uh, cross sell when you're in the home, making sure that Mrs. Jones is aware of all the products and services that you offer and then making sure your client retention strategy is on point so that you can get those uh, secondary tertiary and so forth jobs down the road and then of Of course, on the other end, controlling the cost of goods sold. So how do you do that? Well, labor costs are labor costs. You should be paying your people well. You know, it's it's, um, capitalism by a a way of doing business is changing. And it's changing rapidly. And if you're not in on this, right, if you're running your business like your grandfather's employee manual, you're not going to have great employees. They're not going to stick around for very long. so it's important to pay them well so i wouldn't suggest messing with your labor costs but you can work with your costs of your chemicals and equipment you don't necessarily need the new shiniest best thing you don't need to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a vortex machine when you're doing 250 and fifty dollar average job right your hydromaster with an rx20 is going to be just fine. And I'll even go further than and that and say, I've seen successful businesses ran by business minded people using porties, right? Uh, a Simex, um, you know, you can do that. And that's a $3,000 machine included. You so you can go do commercial accounts and and so forth. So not going after the big shiny all the time, not re upping your gear all the time, but taking care of it, making sure that it lasts. These are all ways that you can uh improve your margins and control your costs of goods sold.
1: Yeah, and adding on top of that, like um a really good example of a I guess I'm getting ahead of myself here. The kind of finding ways to lower the individual costs of the the consumables themselves. Now you have to be careful here, you don't want to purchase too much at, at a time because you then you deal with you know expiring things. But um, find ways, if there's a sale, if there's you know maybe uh, a change in, in the formula, things like that, you, you, can, you can buy in at maybe a lower price point. And a really good example of this is what Walmart did, right? I mean, you guys are all, everyone's familiar with Walmart. They, I mean, they did a lot of things. They vertically integrated to completely control their supply chain. But their whole point is, because they're so large, their, their the price point for each inventory item or each item that they're selling was so much lower, Right most of you guys are gonna be on a much smaller scale as far as that goes, but you can still kind of harness some of that power by doing some of these things. If the chemicals aren't going to expire for, you know, X amount of years, you don't necessarily have to be buying them, you know, one month at a time, right? You can you can find a good price point, get in and kind of set, like average those out a little bit better. Now, that's a fairly minor thing, but some of the things like Joe mentioned, labor is going to be fairly static, but there are things you might want to try to avoid you know, like as far as reducing overtime, making sure that maybe the the staff itself is cross-trained. So if someone is out on vacation or if they're, if, you know, some sick time kicks in, especially with COVID, right? If, if, if you can keep the, you know, the company running it at full steam without necessarily have to pay a bunch of overtime and not stressing out your workforce, then that's going to be beneficial, right? You're going to keep that kind of um, at the level you want. Another big thing is just avoiding wasted time when it comes to your schedule, right? Um, better dispatching. So there's less time on the road. There's more time in the actual home. You maybe maybe you can get it to a point where you're getting an extra appointment every day, right? It's one of the things we have with, with our color wheel on, on our schedules, making sure that you're scheduling appointments close together. You can also use the appointment reminders to reduce cancellations, rescheduling. And the last thing you want is to be, you know, Coming into the office in the morning, find out your 8 a.m. canceled, you have no one to fill that spot, right? So, if you had found this out two days ago, maybe you could have filled that spot, right? You want to keep that, that, um, what, what's the, what's the dashboard we have? The appointment bookings dashboard. You want it to be as full as possible so that you're constantly getting it, you know, the as efficiently dispatching as possible.
0: If you've got multiple technicians and, and let's say someone calls in sick or, um, You've got to readjust your schedule a little bit and boss man's got to go out and do the work. Now the labor cost is going to go up, right? And so you want to avoid that kind of situation. Uh, To Adam's point, having a good relationship with your distributor and saying, hey, you know, when you guys have a sale on the stuff that you know I buy, give me a call because then I'll buy a bunch of it from you. Um, because it's going to reduce my costs in the long run so you're investing again that there's a potential you know let's say um you know the the downtime of the year is December January and February so maybe in December before your accountant does your books for the year you spend a shitload of money on juice so that you are stocked up for the next year at a reduced cost because it's likely that your distributors are gonna be selling that stuff at a reduced cost at that period of time because they're not moving much of it anyway. So these are all ways that you can work to to work on reducing that costs uh, overall, so.
1: Yeah, and I think too, just like you mentioned as far as the <laughs> having the boss going out there, right? Or um, kind of what I mentioned with cross training is Maybe, you know, invest in further training for some of your staff, especially if maybe you have a lead tech who, you know, can do everything that you provide. Um, And, you know, when they're out, it's that much more of an issue, right? And so maybe spend some time to uh, train more of your staff, leverage some of their talent, find something that, you know, they're particularly good at and, you know, try to see if there's additional things you can go into. Maybe they're, you know, to the point where you can actually, what's the big thing I've been seeing with the rug? dying um if there's someone who has kind of that you know interest and you think that that's something that your business could work with you know you could train a specific technician on that right so it's it's all i guess kind of it's all big one lump thing of reducing operating costs but there's a lot of ways to approach it so
0: yeah and the the one last thing i'll throw out there because you had mentioned our um, proximity detection the ability to group jobs together gas ain't getting any cheaper guys you know and staring out of the windshield isn't making any money So when your technicians are driving back and forth and back and forth all over town and through traffic and you're burning gas, you don't need to, that's reducing your overall uh, profit. And so um, keeping those jobs clumped together is important because how much does it cost you to fill one of those trucks? It's not cheap. So, uh, you know, at least a half a job (laughs) to fill one of your vans. So... Taking that all into account, it's just good business. I know it's an accounting side of the coin, and most of you guys are not really, not just not versed in it. You have no interest in it, and and let, let's be honest, I am that way. Keeping it a buck, man. Eric is my business partner because he does all the books, because <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Because uh, you know I would not be good at keeping up with that stuff. So, and he really is. I understand the business side of it, but he hands me the reports I need. I don't have to go figure them out. So paying attention, just pay attention.
1: I think the really important thing to take from that, Joe, is like you're very aware of that fact. You don't just push it aside. You don't hide from it. You're just like, listen, I need someone else to do this because I'm not going to do it. And that's like you understand. <laughs> I'm not- Gonna do right. it. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's an important thing. You, you guys, if like, don't just push it off, don't just hide from it, right? If you know that you're not going to do it, then you need to find someone who can help you. So.
0: That's right, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, that's. that's uh, is there anything else we want to touch on, or think no? I think that's on. pretty
0: good. We covered yeah. quite a bit of time on that, so I'm hoping that that brought you guys some value, and especially moving into the busy season, right? Amplifying your problems, making sure you're dialing in your margins and your costs and your pricing now so that when we uh, start to see that flurry of activity as the winter thaws and these uh, vaccines go out and and hopefully we return back to normal uh, or something close to it that uh, you're dialed in as you grow your business.
1: Absolutely. So let's get into some service monster news, huh? Um, Mobile front. We've got a new release 1.3 point 10. Uh, it's actually in the middle of a, a staged rollout right now. So a few lucky Android users who actually have the new version, um, we're just kind of you know checking st- stability and things like that. And it'll be fully released uh, early next week. So if you guys are, are anxious about that, you're watching the live stream here. Um, yeah, it'll be out early next week for both iOS and Android. Um, the bit, there are some some fun feature improvements. One is uh, there's some signature improvements. So, especially for those of you who have multiple pages and things like like that, you can now um, use multiple signatures. So you you can have a signature, you can paste it, and you can you can, you can copy that additional times, right? Um, it was something that we had in the mobile technician app, and we made some changes to how that is applied in the new app, and it's taken us a little bit, but we've got that functionality back. Uh, another big thing is the new order form. Um, now exists on the account screen itself. So this is something that a lot of you guys have been requesting from the start. Just a way to be able to just create a new order or a new appointment directly from the account screen. Bam, that's in there for you guys. And the new order form also has the ability to do an order lookup. So let's say that someone calls in and uh, they're looking to get the same work that they got they they had last time. You go, okay? You open up the new order form. You can look at their their invoice uh, history you can boom, hop into that. You're right into that old order, hit the copy button and you're off to the races. You don't have to do anything further than that. If they're doing a new order, you can still you know create a new order from scratch there too. So um, there is also a bunch of UI UX improvements, you know, just kind of some small things. Uh, for example, the schedule route selection will be remembered between logins and other kind of uh, changes there. I know that a few of you guys have especially been bothered by this. So um, so that's been, been fixed. Um, the new trial process has gone through some some further polish and changes and so i hope you guys who are new users if you're, you're interested in a trial you kind of hop through that process hopefully it's smooth for you a recurring appointment reminders now properly show on the, on the, the technician view so if you were an admin or a super technician it wasn't a big deal you guys could see that on the routes directly but the technicians if they had a reminder on their their schedule they weren't able to see that so now hey they, they can you know talk to the office, be like, hey, there's a reminder here. Should this be a work order? Am I supposed to be doing the work here or so forth? Um, and last but certainly not least, we talked about this at length in one of the the previous podcasts. So I'll just kind of do the abbreviated version, but we've improved some things as far as when you lose connection to uh to any like any internet source, right? So the Wi-Fi, or if you're uh, on the actual mobile data itself, if you lose connection and you come back, there are some improvements there. Also, the the app is is much more aware and will explain to you when you have zero signal, so you're not you know trying to make changes that aren't saving and things of that nature. So excited to get that out to you guys. Uh, let us know in smug and so forth. Um,
0: well, one more too that I know was a big deal, which was related to the connection issues, uh, which was image upload would be really finicky sometimes. And right. hopefully that has been addressed with this connection stabilization as well. So now what happens instead of just losing connection and essentially the app going into an error state, even if you regain connection, we were seeing um, some users have have poor experience in that situation. Um, now it just says, yo, you, you have no data connection, so you can't do anything. And then it recognizes when your connection has been reestablished and then lets you continue on. Part of that process fixes the image upload process that would break. When you, even if you, let's say you had your phone in your pocket, Service Monster was open, you moved from one tower to another, you lost connection for a second, then it came back. You weren't going to be able to do an image upload. Uh, And so now that's been addressed. So that gets revitalized after that connection comes back. So you shouldn't notice it at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the big reason why we wanted the warning um, to be there like, hey, you don't have connection is like now it's it's a big prompt to the technicians like, okay, take the photos directly on my phone. I can upload them later. So Um, desktop news. We're going to wait one more podcast because um, it's going to be right around the release time. We have an exciting release coming for you guys. We've already talked about it. Um, f- fill my schedules, going through some massive changes. Custom fronts are coming. Self-help is coming. All kinds of fun stuff there, but we're going to wait until next podcast to really get into the, n- the nitty gritty. Um, but I hope you guys are, I guess, chomping at the bit a little bit there.
0: Right in time for you guys to do a spring blast for your clients for spring cleaning. So um, that's what our target is to get this out the first week of March. Um, we're polishing right now, going through the, the final details. Um, but you'll be able to set up your own campaigns, edit your own campaigns and, and start a new one off, whether it's a fall, a spring, a summer or Christmas, you'll be able to do those on your own with just a few clicks and then get that out to your clients. So, um, and one aspect, you can say, this is a failing of me. Um, because I always kind of considered that an us versus you benefit It's a benefit to us because I think we'll sell more, fill my schedule cards. It's a benefit to you guys because then you have to go through support to get certain things done. Um, and so that always plays with my head a little bit. I'm always more interested to bring you the most value and focused on what benefits you guys the most and not necessarily what benefits service monster as well. Uh, especially if the scales are a little tipped in our favor, You can argue this point though, that that these, these changes to fill my schedule are going to be as much, if not more beneficial than you, but because there was a profit motive tied to it in some aspect, I, I dragged my heels in uh, lieu of using resources for other things. So that has now been rectified And, and come March, you guys will be able to do that all on your own, push a couple buttons and get these things out. So look forward to that.
1: Yeah. With that said let's uh let's jump to smug we got a couple of posts in here um mary lynn had another great kind of post is asking opinions on everyone in smug kind of what social media platforms you find helpful and not just kind of time consuming the four that she mentioned are you know f- fairly well known right we got facebook at instagram you got twitter you got the linkedin um she said they've had varying levels of success with all of them um but kind of was was just wants a feedback so we had some responses um facebook and instagram um, seem to be the winners overall, but there are things you can do with Twitter. You just have to be a little bit more on top of things with that. And there are also obviously things you can do with LinkedIn. So if you guys, you know, first and foremost, if, you, if you're interested in being a Smug user and you're a Service Monster user, please let us know. Like we'll, we'll get you in. If you we're we're, tra- we're talking about this, you guys don't know what we're what we say when we say Smug Service Monster User Group. You know, by all means, uh, reach out to support. and We'll get you in. Um, but also, just thank you for everyone who. You know, both asks, you know, has the courage to ask these questions, and for everyone who who steps in and, and offers support, we would always appreciate seeing that. Um, next one came from Dan, and I wanted to just mention this because this is a failing on my end. Uh, he had heard mentioned on one of our podcasts, I think it was two podcasts ago, uh, that the online scheduler of our web forums was being improved, a little bit more user friendly, it was going to kind of set the service time blocks based on your actual business hours. Um, And I had mentioned, I got a little ahead of myself. I had mentioned that it was going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks because we were in QA. Well, this is famous, Joe Joe always talks about this. Um, The QA process ended up getting a little bit uh, longer than we expected because there's another change that was baked in with that. Um, it's going to basically require a pretty significant chunk of, of QA time. And we've been working on multiple projects. Mobile, for example, has been in QA for a couple of weeks now. And we also have this big FMS project. So it got sidelined for a couple of weeks. Uh, I let Dan know in, in the post there, it's it's still coming. Um, it'll be soon, I promise that, um, but I don't have a definitive date. So I just kind of want to let you know, if you were waiting for that, uh, it's coming soon. And I apologize for giving a date and uh, pushing that back. So. Bad job, Adam. <laughs> um, the last one here is from Rick. Uh, he was kind of just uh, – I thought this was, was, was a good post because um, he was asking if there was a way to reduce the number of clicks involved in a couple of steps. Uh, one of them he's asking on the, the, the schedule section. We call it the scheduling section, right? On the left side nav there. Uh, you have to click it twice, basically. You have to open it up and then you also have to click the schedule again. Um, And there's a reason for this. With the the left navigation, we gave each of those essentially their own little sub home section. And there's dashboards involved with that that'll help you guys. And it also just gives you the whole list of things that are tied to that. Now, in this case, yes, the schedule is most commonly going to be the, or it is the most common action you guys are going when you go there. And so I explained how you can make that a one-click action. So if you guys don't know, in fact, Mary, uh, are you able to just kind of show this maybe? I'll just kind of talk, I guess, and help you through this. So you can minimize the uh, the whole nav section. So up there in the upper left, just shrink the nav bar. And if you do that, all of these now become hover modes. So if you just hover over any of these sections, boom, it's gonna pop up each of the sections underneath. So she can just click on schedule here once. Boom, you're you're in the schedule. So you don't have to do the double click action. Now, obviously, um, It's going to be a little bit easier once you get used to the icons and what they mean, right, Vers- versus when it's expanded, it actually just gives you the text there. But that is a way to reduce clicks there. Another thing that he um, had asked about was placing a work order on multiple um, routes rather than having to, in his case, he was recreating the work order and pulling it over to the schedule, which is really not you know what the workflow is meant to be. There are two ways you can do this. Um, one of them is via the quick ad. You just want to open up a generic quick ad here. Just grab one of your test accounts. Um, yeah, perfect. So, what she just did there, let's actually just uh, kind of step back really quickly. You can, uh, can so find the quick ad, <laughs> On the quick ad, you can use the order lookup. You don't have to create a new order each time. And so, you can use this order lookup. Boom, grab an order. And you can, if you have the account information inside, it'll obviously filter it down to the account itself. So it's super easy to find. Then if you go to the appointment section, you can create multiple appointments in the quick ad. So she can you know, create multiple appointments here for multiple routes and so forth. And they're all tied to that same order, right? And you can get all these ready. You can add the notes that you need. You can set the technicians that you need. All of that can be handled in here. And you can see on the left-hand side there where it shows there's three appointments, right? So you can confirm you have the right time slots and so forth. You can send confirmations. Um, everything like that is normal, but you have the multiple appointments. Now we know that you guys want this functionality directly on the schedule and it is coming. It's one of the big things that we're looking at in our next schedule revamp. Um, but uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to showcase that. The other thing too, is if you want to, if you, if you prefer to not use the quick ad for whatever reason, and you really just wanna use the kind of old school method, I um, wanna just hop into an order there really quick. So when you're on the order screen, you don't have to create a new work order each time. Um, I hope I hope everyone sees this and knows that you don't have to do that extra work there. All you have to do is you hit the schedule button up on the top row here, and it's gonna bump a new appointment over to that um, unscheduled section Then you just drag it off. And so then, it's a little bit wonky and this is why we added this function. I do the quick add, and eventually you just jump right back in. Like she's saying that right doing right there, hop right back into the order, hit the schedule button again. And so you get, you get pretty quick, quick at this. Um, you can schedule, you know, five appointments in roughly 20 seconds, right? So it's a little bit clunky, but that option exists and you're not creating multiple work orders, which is going to affect you know, your, your reporting. So, so hope that helps. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted to highlight this for a couple of things. One, Rick thought that there were some some issues going on and he wanted to get some help, right? So if you guys are running into things like this, maybe your office staff has some questions like, don't hesitate to use Smug for this or to reach out to support. We have super helpful um, you know, staff on the support side who love helping new users especially. Um, but just anyone who's running into these kind of struggles, they can show you guys maybe some... Some smoother ways, or at the very least, give you a help article that might help in that. Um, on the other side, you know, it, these things draw attention to myself and, and to Joe. If there's something in the UI that we want to be focused on, like I said, we want to be adding the multiple appointments to the schedule itself. And so this is how you get those things kind of, you know, in front of us. And the more of you guys that put, you know, weight behind that, the more that we know we have to prioritize it. So just love seeing posts like that, and I hope that that helped.
0: Yeah, and, and a little plug here too, you know, we're still in and have no means of changing it anytime soon. One of the only CRM companies that has live support on phone call. Right? Everybody else is going to email and chat only. Um give us a call. We our support staff are super helpful. They're they're really good at service monster and they can help you um uncover these Kind of like, oh, I didn't know if I went in this direction that I could save all kinds of time and frustration. So, um, you know, please, please, please utilize our support.
1: Yeah. And guys, just to give you an example, like these these guys and gals, they live customer support. They really do. We had just earlier today, a couple hours ago, um, one of our support staff helped someone and he was so excited when he was putting the phone down. He just shouted out, Yahoo! And... (laughs) They had a big back and forth in the chat channel because they were all super happy about it. And they, you know, gifts were made, you know, emojis, all that, all that fun stuff. Uh, But it's like they they really do celebrate that stuff. They want to help you guys. And when they get off the phone with you and you're excited, like that just makes their day so much better because that's what they want to do. They want to help you guys. So
0: and uh, say hi to our new support rep, Sue, for us when uh, if you get her on the phone. So uh someone just joined the team uh, a couple weeks ago and, and yeah, she's and she now t- on the phones
1: trying to tease her too much or anything too you guys she's know how it is when, time. when you first get on the phones <laughs> 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 um yeah but we are excited to have her so
0: but yeah that's all i got joe that's great mary you have anything that you wanted to touch on
2: uh if there's any one last thing i was thinking kind of you know go full circle when it comes to um reducing travel time between appointments, uh, market to specific regions. You can you know, track using account tags, what subdivision people are in, market to a subdivision at a time, hit them really hard, and then hopefully schedule them all at the same time so you don't have to travel super far between appointments.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Well, we hope we brought value to you guys today. Thank you so much for your attention. And until next time, be safe.